it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Who doggies? <laughs> who doggies? As Delmer would say on Old Brother, Where Art Thou? Welcome in on this Thursday. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance across the great state of Mississippi. Your hometown heroes, that's your local Farm Bureau insurance agents. Get them on in here. Get them on in here. You can text, call, you can comment on the live stream on the thread there. Uh, so any of that's good with me. Hope to hear from you today on this Thursday. Always, you know, I feel like this is a worthy exercise beyond just work. It's a worthy <laughs> expenditure of our time together. If you are a part of the conversation as well, as long as it's just me flapping my gums, eh, that's not good enough for me. I need to hear from you. You're doing me a favor, and I very much appreciate it. So you can call, you can text. Let me uh, give you some of those numbers coming up. First, a sip of hot coffee <sighs> from High Point Roasters in New Albany. All right, text me on the country, please, and text line at number 885-3776. A 601 number, 885-3776. Another way to remember it is 885-ESPN. Uh, 601. Also, call me on the Divini phone. It's 995-1059. 601 number also. 995-1059. It's another way I get to hear from you today. And you can comment if you're watching on the live stream. Now, you can't see video today. And just full disclosure, today is one of those headache days for me. Uh, and medicine's doing its job. But those bright lights are a little bit much uh, for me today so i'm going without the bright lights you can hear me you just can't see me moving but we got a live stream going so i can you can hear me and i can see your comments we can get a, get them in here on the show as well like sven on youtube who says hail state everybody disaster is only a strong word if you let it sink into your head now what am i talking about there well the reason he said that the title of the live stream that went out today for this show is called Disaster, a strong word? Question mark. Well, the reason I typed that in there is because, and you're going to hear it in just a minute, Notre Dame Athletics Director Jack Swarbrick used that word, disaster, yesterday in an interview with Dan Patrick to describe the current state of college football. And that's not my word, it's his. And just right off the bat, he goes, it's a complete disaster. And with all the excitement, we're leading up to the start of the season. We're going to watch real games. And, you know, the whole thing is still moving and moving forward. I, I just had to ask the question, you know, do you, do you feel like it's a little bit of a strong word? So uh, I'm going to come back and, and Sven, I'm going to play you, in case you haven't heard it, and for those that haven't, I'm going to play you a little clip of the audio of what Notre Dame Athletics Director said in that interview. You know, it's, it's fairly significant because, you know, Notre Dame is independent, but they sort of, they have a seat at the table as an independent along with all the other conferences. Like, if you look at these different committees, you'll have all the conference commissioners and 
Notre Dame Athletics Director Jack Swarbrick. He's got a seat at the table, the same thing as conference commissioners do. So when he says, when he says complete disaster, people sit up on the edge of their seat going, wait a minute, he said what? So I'm going to get to that in just a second here. Dorothy's watching on Facebook, said, hey, Matt, Hale State, back at you, Dorothy. Trevor gave us a cap, all caps, Hale State from Knoxville. He loves the interlocking MSU logo. Everybody seems to be glad that that is back. Uh, Chris responded on Facebook by saying the interlocking MSU should be the football logo, the M State for basketball, and the M over S for baseball. You know, and yeah, well, you could you could have different ones for different sports. I mean, you definitely could do that if you wanted to. I'll be honest with y'all, and this may send us down a logo conversation, but look, I kind of lie. I, I'm I'm very partial to that state script that they have come out with. You know, I when I was a student and a player on the football team, we had that interlocking MSU that is back for a throwback that everybody likes. It's a it's a great looking uniform and combo and logo and everything. It definitely is. But I really am fond of the state script thing. I like it because it's new and it's different, but I also like the way it looks. So just saying, Chris commented also and said, love your work. Well, thanks, Chris, and I appreciate you being a part of it. And uh, Danny, good to hear from you. He's got that state script as his profile picture there on Facebook. So just like that, if you're on the live stream, you can drop a comment and we can get to it that way. One more point of order before completely moving forward into the subject at hand. Hit my bell. Hang on. Hey, Beaver. Hey, Matt Wyatt. Happy Thursday. You too. I seem to do that to people every day of the week. I'm not sure. Like, I'm not sure what a big deal Thursday is, but you know, I'm yeah. glad, glad we're here. Yeah, don't don't do it on Monday. <laughs> Nobody likes Monday. Happy Monday. And some what they're really thinking is when you say that to them, oh, really, Matt Wyatt? Is it? Yeah, is it really? Seriously? I know. If I say Happy Monday, I know. I know. It's a little facetious. It's a little disingenuous uh, most of the time. What was that movie, Office Space? Somebody's got a case of the Mondays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that drove old Michael Bolton, uh, Bolton crazy. It just really got under his skin. <laughs> now we got Beaver here, so we can really have a show. You know, again, it's one thing if I stand here at this microphone and talk. Nobody hears it. But it's a big deal when Beaver's here, therefore everybody hears it. See? See? So, yeah. We got the whole crew. Me, Beaver, and you. So get it on in here. Let's see what you think. All right. Here is what I was referring to. I'll give you pretty much the whole thing. Now, this clip that I'm going to play you from this interview with Jack Swarbrick from Notre Dame is about... I mean, it's a little it's a little long. It's about two and a half minutes, okay? It doesn't sound long, but you'll see that in, in media land, two and a half minutes is like forever. But but all of it's good. I first tip my cap to Dan Patrick. I mean, he is great. He was great in Sports Center on Sports Center years ago, but he's obviously really good at what he does in national radio. And and the reason I kind of am going out of my way right here to tip my cap to Dan Patrick is because he's doing something in this interview yesterday on his radio show that most national voices aren't doing. 
And, and certainly, like on a network like ESPN, they're not doing it. It's almost like the people on ESPN have been given a charge. So, hey, listen, be be positive, okay? Don't Let's don't be negative about this sport of college football that we are surviving via, right? But Dan Patrick is asking, he's doing what a journalist does, and he's asking the real questions. He is the intermediate from his listeners to this guy he's interviewing. He's basically asking the questions the audience wants asked, not what his boss wants asked. Therefore, Dan Patrick is not a puppet. Okay, he's not Kermit the Frog. He's got a brain and he's using it. So, first of all, my hat's off to Dan Patrick. It's a, this is a real interview, and it's, it has some weight to it because of who it is. Jack Swarbrick, Notre Dame. He uses the word disaster. Here's the whole thing, and now we're going to discuss it, and I'll get your opinions on it. Here you go. Can you sum up what's happening with college football in the last, where would you start? Complete disaster. How did, it, how did we get here, Jack? I wish I knew. And, and listen, I'm not, uh, every, everybody in the industry has to take responsibility here. I'm not uh, excluding myself from that. I think uh, the decision-making has lost its way in terms of the focus on the student-athlete and what's primarily best for them. Um, but we are where we are, and we have to try and make it work. I mean, we've been pretty uh, vocal in the past month about we need to find a home for Stanford and Cal. That you can't have two of the great academic institutions in the world not have a not have a place to play. What kind of solution you got? We're working on it. Meaning? Well, th- there's still consideration of the ACC as a home for those schools. Okay. And Notre Dame is lobbying for Stanford and Cal to join. Very much so. Okay. Yeah. And the Pac-12 dies. It's looking that way more and more every day. Yes. But it, it, can I go back and say, this cha- if we didn't do this or we did do this, that would have changed everything or kept it? I mean, uh, Chip Kelly has talked about, why don't we just have you know, the football schools play the football schools, and then the other uh, athletic programs don't have to travel to Piscataway or you know, Syracuse or those kind of things. I mean, that, that seems like obvious that you could be able to still do that and not have the baseball team travel uh, you know all across the country I'm all for more regional scheduling yeah I, I think I think it makes a load of sense it doesn't mean you need to separate out football operationally right I think I think we can all still stay under the same umbrella um, but I'm, I'd like to see much more regional scheduling could you see where we're headed towards the NFL model with college football let's say you have 50 teams uh, split it up with uh, divisions yeah, a little hard to get there because of the conflicting media rights deals and assignment of rights. And yeah. so those things don't ever line up on the calendar basis. So a little hard to see how you get there. But it's likely within the next year, uh, either in an action involving USC or a federal case in Pennsylvania, uh, student-athletes, uh, football and basketball players will be declared employees. You think that's where we should be headed? I don't. Uh, it's, it's not about not supporting them and making sure there are ample benefits available. Um, we were the first school in the country to advocate for name, image, and likeness uh, back, in, back in 2015. But I don't think they need to be employees. We still want them to be part of the student body and, and involved in a lot of the same experiences that the normal student has. But is this based on greed? Or how much is with, with what's going on with, and the people in power? who are making these, you know, the kids are going to be the kids, but you've got grown-ups who have made decisions that 
seem like they're just based on money. Yeah, well, they're certainly based on money. There's, there's no question. And uh, some of that is the demands that have arisen over time for, to find more revenue to meet this requirement or this requirement. So I, I'm not terribly comfortable with the description of it as greed, but it is all about money. Okay, there's the entirety of it. And there's a lot there. Um, you know, there, there's really there's a couple of high points, but there was a lot in that little two-and-a-half-minute segment. That's Jack Swarbrick, the athletics director at Notre Dame, uh, on an interview on the Dan Patrick Show. So the first thing that jumps out at me, number one, is when he responded with, describe college football right now, complete disaster. Okay, this is Notre Dame's AD. That's his words, not mine, yours. He said it. Complete disaster. So my question was, is that a little strong? It hit me pretty hard, and here's why. You know, I, I've i been pretty vocal about how the whole ball of whack, the whole scenario, how it has morphed into what it is, is not necessarily good, and it's a big mess, and it reeks of a lack of leadership and those kinds of things. I've talked about that. There's a lot of stuff that is sleight of hand going on in terms of what you name things, what you call things, and how it gets done. Okay, yeah, but as we have progressed through the summer and now we're into August and we are basically in game week, game one for, or week one for college football because you do have games this weekend. And then week one for everybody else is next week. We're that close. And so my excitement for getting ready to watch the year has sort of picked back up. And the negative things have sort of been glazed over by the fact that we're going to have games soon. And I'm looking forward to that because it is, at the end of the day, it, it's entertainment and that's it. That's all it is <laughs> for any of us that aren't working or playing. You know, I was asked coaching or playing. The rest of it is it's just inter- it's entertainment. That's what it is. And so it's going to be entertaining. And so some of that stuff got glazed over. And so to hear at this point, to hear that in an interview yesterday from someone like that, it just whack hits you right in the face again. Of, okay, he says complete disaster. And it seemed strong to me. It just seemed... Is that an overstatement is what I'm asking you. How do you feel from your perspective, your fandom, regardless of who you root for? Okay, so that's number one. He said complete disaster. Okay, number two was when he comes right out and says because of either the case in California or one more, within the next year, it's likely football and basketball players are considered employees at these schools. Now, that's not speculation. This is an AD at, a, at Notre Dame saying it out loud, that it's likely. That's another thing that hit me. I go, wait, whoa, one year? Likely? What does that mean? And, you know, you heard Greg Sankey a little while back say that, it's, that he hasn't talked to any student athletes that want to be employees. Well, no wonder. Why would they want to be an employee? What does it change for them where they have to be you know, deemed employees? And how does it all change? And he's saying within a year. He said within a year. <laughs> and that's quick. I'm old enough now to know that a year goes by like that. Okay. And then the last thing was right at the end of it. I scratched my head on this one. When Dan Patrick said, okay, is all of this because of greed? And he goes, well, I'm not comfortable with you know the, the description of greed, saying that it's greed, but it is all about money. 
I'm going, well, which is it? I mean, you really can't have both. You can't have it not be about greed, but definitely be about money. You know, if it's about money, it's about greed, right? I mean, it is. <laughs> so that's the three things that sort of jumped out at me. What jumped out at you? See, and the opinions are all over the place. I am not here on this Thursday to dig up an interview right here to be part of some agenda that I have. This happened yesterday on a big national media deal, and it's the Notre Dame AD. Okay, and there are people who look at it and have this thought, like Chris on Facebook, who just commented on the live thread. We are watching the self-inflicted implosion of our beloved college football. Okay, now, whether or not that's an overstatement, or whether or not it does implode in, in those kinds of things, the fact is, Chris is here in the middle of the day listening to a sports show that is primarily SEC, not all, primarily, on a Thursday in August, and that's how he feels about it. And guess what? He's not the only one. So it's, it's definitely significant when you start to look at it through those types of lenses. Magic Mike on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves. It is the best, in my humble opinion. Give it a try, and you will see what I mean. I've never found someone that tried it and didn't agree with me. <laughs> I have yet to find them. Magic Mike commented and said, Disaster is a bit of a strong word. And then he gets to it here. He says, But nobody likes change. This is a text on the text line. He says, I like all the logos as long as they are paired with maroon and white. Hail State. Well, yeah, okay, Mike. We have to discuss that. Wherever you and I and, and, and Chris are on the spectrum of doom and gloom <laughs> for our, in his words, beloved college football, wherever each of us land on that spectrum of doom and gloom, we all have to admit that part of this is change. You know, we will argue and wait and see whether or not certain change is good or bad or beneficial or not. But it is, this is because of change. We don't like change. We will overreact oftentimes in, in you know, in the here and now, we will sometimes overreact to change. There's no doubt this is massive upheaval and change. You know, the old model of you play for a scholarship so you get your school paid for is out of the window long gone. So change is a big part of it. Ronnie Texas Show gave us a hail state from Halifax, Virginia today. I also got a message here on the live thread from Matthew, he's watching on and listening on YouTube. He said, Hail State, Matt, from Ohio slash Pennsylvania line, headed to deliver in Chicago in the morning. Have a great show and a Thursday, sir. Well, back to you, Matthew. Safe on the road. Thanks for tuning in and uh, really do appreciate it. Um, Jake from Yazoo, Texas show. He says, Matt Dove's coming back for his COVID year eligibility and NIL check. Yeah, one more year. <laughs> Jake, one more year, man. That's what I want. 46 years old, one more year. That's what I want. Uh -huh. I don't care. 
it, it would break me into pieces. Don't care. I want my NL check. <laughs> All right, and in that interview, Tiger texts and says on the country-pleasing text line, what stood out to me, he says, Notre Dame leads the charge as part of the problem. They have shown that you can leave a conference and operate as a separate entity and still make it work. They've paved the way for chaos. Well, yeah, you know, that's all, it's a little bit of a different conversation. Now, I thought you, when you said paved the way, I thought you were going to go with the fact that in that interview he said, that they, Notre Dame, were, he said either they were the first or one of the first to advocate for name, image, and likeness for these athletes. I didn't remember that. I, I don't, off the top of my head, associate them with that. I always kind of look toward, uh, what, USC? Look towards California because that's where the first state law was passed and some of those things. And, and, you know, I look at it and go, you know, and I've sort of held true on this. People accuse me of being very negative about it and anti-NIL, but when you listen to what I've actually said, actual name, image, and likeness marketing stuff, there ain't a thing wrong with that. You know, It actually makes total sense to me. I also think if they were to get to some revenue sharing, that makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me and never has is just wide open, very obvious pay for play. We got payrolls, we're paying all players, who nobody even knows their name or what they look like or what jersey number they wear. They're not even doing endorsements. They're just getting a check from quote-unquote NIL. Well, that's not name and likeness. That's pay for play. Let's call it what it is and deal with it as such. But people hear that and they say, oh, Matt's anti-NIL. That's not at all what I've said. What I've said is we're lying about what a lot of this is and we're just trying to cover it up, and that's not going to help us get to any sort of structure. More on this when we come back. Stick around. From the amazing hits. That one is huge. To all the amazing plays. Matt Wyatt has got it all for you. Just listen to that. All righty, back with you. Uh, just to recap real quick, we were in on this a minute ago. Here in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Notre Dame Athletics Director Jack Swarbrick. I'll just give you the very first question and answer that he had here in that Dan Patrick interview yesterday. Can you sum up what's happening with college football in the last, where would you start? Complete disaster. So his answer was complete disaster. And that's kind of made the rounds. Wonder what you think about that. And I have a thought here. I'm going to, I'm going to tie what he said and what some of our comments are into a thought uh, something that I think Mississippi's got to consider going forward, okay? But first of all, your comments. By the way, hey to everybody on the live stream. If you're on Facebook, YouTube, this is live. Uh, you can't see me right now. You can't see a graphic. Today was a headache day for me, so the bright lights are a little tough, so I'm doing without those today. So uh, I'll jump, uh, hopefully turn those back on tomorrow. All right. All right. Um and see, Will, what you said on YouTube is part of why this really slapped me in the face. Will comments on the YouTube live thread and says, Happy Thursday, before the show ends today, we'll be less than 48 hours away from college football. So see, that happened yesterday. We're really close. And I had sort of like moved away from you know negative thoughts of 
in his words, the disaster that the situation is and still excited about the entertainment value I'm going to get from watching all of this. Will went on to say Jack says it's a disaster after he couldn't convince the ACC to take two schools on the complete opposite side of the continent. And, and rumors of Will that they would come but not get money and SMU would pay for like seven years to be a part of the league. Like what point does it, any of that make, you know? Um, you're, you're right. And, and that's right. His comment is on the heel of that. Some really good text messages. I'm coming to it. Let's go quickly here. First over to the Divini equipment phone line, Divini equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U S in fact, means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home at Divini. We got Chris hanging on line one. What's up, Chris? Chris, you there? Chris. All right. Hey, go ahead. You got the floor. I think he's having trouble with his phone. Hey, try hanging up and calling us back. We had actually an issue yesterday on that phone, too. So I don't know if it's us. I don't think it is. But but try seeing if we can get a better connection there. Couldn't quite hear you. Um Hog Jowl, thank you very much. I did get your uh, message earlier, and then you text and said change is inevitable. Hog Jowl, Arkansas fan. Change is inevitable. Everything changes, whether it is your family, job, sports, etc. Everything that evolves usually <laughs> survives. Those things that do not, he says, usually fade away. But college football is so large and so popular and makes so much money. Hog Jowl says, I think... The powers that be will accept change. College football will be different, but it'll still be college football that I love so much. You know, and Hog John, that's it. Like, you're, you're, those red and white uniforms at Arkansas, that hog on the helmet, they run out there. You're watching. That's how I feel about those maroon and white uniforms at Davis Wade. If they go out there, I'm in. I'm in. And all this, it's like, as soon as that happens, a lot of this, you know, negative stuff that I can't wrap my head around goes away. But still, here we are. And we got these comments from the Notre Dame. AD. Now over to the phone line, line two, Ronnie hanging on. Ronnie, thanks for calling. What's up? Hey, man, how you doing? Great. Uh, well, well I, I'm going to tell you what I think. I think the whole problem is, uh, and this is just my opinion, but I, I think it all started when, when uh, you had all these big schools. You knew they was pay, paying players, you know, to come mm. to them and stuff mm. like that. And then you and then you had these other small schools, like, you know, say Ole Miss. Oh, Ole Miss decided, you know, they, they were tired of it. So they went and started doing the same thing. But you, you, they, they, got, they got, you know, penalized for it. Yeah. Well, your, other, your bigger schools, when they, they're, they're still doing it. You know, while they were still doing it, they, well, they get a slap in the hand. See what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It is like they push this stuff on their sales. And it's all to me. It's all the NCAA's fault because they didn't step in and do what they supposed to do to take those students. Yeah. Now that, that's my that's what I think about it. You know, Ronnie, I, I, there there has to be some truth in that for sure. You know, like when you you, you know you you present it sort of as a league or as an organization or an overall sort of ruling body like uh, the NCAA, but for it to be so uh, out of balance over the years, you know, the NCAA being the, the deal that's going to enforce the rules to kind of have a level playing field. But the problem is it wasn't pro sports. 
they didn't have subpoena power and they didn't even have a very big enforcement staff and you got all these schools so you knew it was out of balance and to your point ronnie yeah a lot of the issue and the distrust of the ncaa over the years was stuff like what you said we you know as a state guy i'm not an old miss guy so when they were going through their trouble at the end of the freeze deal and all that everybody kind of knew they must have been throwing around benefits to get some of the recruits and stuff that they were doing well they're getting punished and we all kind of pointed and laughed and giggled but in reality looking back on it they were doing what other schools were doing it's kind of where they got the yep. idea yet they got That's right. That's yet they got popped and a lot of those others didn't and have never gotten popped like that right and so that's right that's it right. led that's to what it I'm saying. if you don't if you don't have a an enforcement it, it needs to be on an equal basis not just on on your favorite school or, or the most popular school you know wow right. if you're gonna slap one's hand slap them all you know yeah that, that's just how that's just how it needs to be but and you know this, this was all forced upon this was all forced upon the NCAA for doing the things that they've done, and like I said, not not stepping in and taking up for the smaller schools. Yeah, and and, and all. Well, but, you know. Anyway, that's that's my thought on it, man. And I hope y'all have a great day. I'll listen to you on radio. Yeah, I appreciate the call, Ronnie. Thank you. I I just think yeah, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying is a big factor a big of it. And you know the old idea of over you know the course of history, um, you know the world is it's a fallen world right <laughs> it's a deteriorating world okay so things that aren't right sometimes get rewarded all right here's what i mean the old idea of those who have the money have the power and those who have the power make the rules and why would the ones in power make rules that don't benefit themselves right you get it see and, it, and now this may be starting a grass fire here and i don't mean to do that at all. And I'm, in fact, I'm just basically making a comparison. But it's like, you know, rules to and salary caps, like you have in the NFL that makes a, a league so competitive and so fun to watch every year, is very socialistic. <laughs> okay? And college sports, because of its nature, has always been very capitalistic. And that's why you've had less parity. And some teams that could, you know, again, so you know move it to a more modern example a lot of the schools now that have the biggest fan bases and the biggest most wealthy donors that are raising quote unquote nil money that the most and the easiest and the money's just flowing in and flowing out in benefits and it's helping them recruit why would they want to rein that in they have such a big enormous advantage potentially they why would they want to rein that in so that everybody could have a chance. That's not the way they think, and you can understand it when you're looking at it through the lens of money. And so somebody texted a minute ago, and uh, it would, I kind of got past it here on the text line. I'm not sure. Here it is, Norman. Coffee Norman Texas show, and he said they can't put the toothpaste back in the tube now. So the next move will likely be some level employment contracts for college players. Norman they will have some sort of contract going forward. Okay, and this is what I was going to touch on, though. Do you remember earlier this month when I talked to um, the, the pro tem speaker of the House, speaker pro tem of the House of Representatives in Mississippi? I was doing an interview with him, Jason White, at Divinity Equipment in Madison. 
And at the beginning of the interview, he said this. Good to be with you. Good I, to be. Hey, you said topics. I got a call this morning from some folks wanting to know about what the state was going to do in the NIL space, if we're going to change any of our laws. Any of our laws. Well, you know what? Other states have. They have. That's right. You've got. Okay, and we can get to more of that later. But the point is, that was on August the 1st. He is not the Speaker of the House, but he's a Speaker pro tem. He's fixing to be the next Speaker of the House. He's taking phone calls, frankly, not from me and you on that kind of stuff very often, which, you know, he would. He's a really nice guy. But he's talking to other folks about it. the kind of people that probably are calling him saying, hey, are we going to change our law here for this whatever, you know. For all we know, it's a coach, it's an AD, it's a president, it's somebody way up the chain that is having those kinds of conversations with that kind of guy in state politics and right after that we saw the story that after the state of missouri passed house bill 417 in the state of missouri which allowed high school athletes to go ahead and begin to earn name image and likeness money even before they after they have signed a scholarship as long as they sign with an in-state school in missouri well they consequently then pop up, and a couple of weeks later, the number one defensive lineman in the country goes to a high school in Missouri. He commits to Missouri, and here we go. And as soon as he can sign on the dotted line in December, he's going to start raking it in, and he won't even be in college yet. It gives them a huge advantage in recruiting. So my point is, even if it's in the meantime, the coaches in the programs have no choice but to jump in if they're going to do this for a living. The state of Mississippi's got to consider being aggressive. And you're going to need the state legislature to get on board with that. Right, wrong, or indifferent, that's where it is. More on that in a bit. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game... Or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, here we go. Jumping back in on this subject with you, some of your comments coming up here. JS290 watching uh, the live stream on uh, YouTube, the live comments thread said sec and big 10 could make the ncaa completely irrelevant and i'm sure the acc would follow and they could you know you're right js 290 and i think you know as fast as things have begun to swirl around those two conferences who have really all the power all the leverage right now it's almost like, I mean, I know they have made moves, like the SEC made a move last year, Oklahoma, Texas. We've seen recently, even now, the last few weeks, another move for the Big Ten in Washington, Oregon. I know it's not like they've stopped making moves, but I do think they are trying to slowly evaluate each next step because what you say is true. What they want to do is what's going to be done, and they're trying to, I think, at least measure it, you know? They're just willy-nilly doing stuff. Will commented on the YouTube live thread. Interesting thought here. I'm coming to your texts also. Will said, I worry that the next round of, quote, realignment 
will be a national move where some network will pay all the blue bloods and ratings draw schools to jump their conference and create a super league. And, and I'm, I think what you're saying is, you know, it, it leaves some people out. He went on to say, the SEC would live on, but without Alabama, Florida, LSU, Texas, A&M, OU, Tennessee, Georgia, they would all be favorites for a network exec if they want a college football league with the top 40 schools in the country. And I think you're right about that. I think you're right about that. It's a big if, you know. But it's like nobody, even if it's if it hurts <laughs> uh, a lot of folks, nobody wants to do anything that doesn't win the day, right, in this perceived, you know, jockeying in the realignment to not get, to not be second. They're all taking all these conferences and all these decision makers are all every day using the Ricky Bobby approach of if you're not first, you're last. And so they're making some pretty harsh decisions. Chuck says, I agree with you about how schools are using NIL. When Gatorade plays a player, they are paying for his name, image, and likeness. When a school pays a player, they are paying for his play. That's right. You know, it's like height, weight, and speed. And that's kind of where we are. But here's the thing about it, okay, Chuck, to that note. I fully realize the schools and therefore like their people and their coaches, they don't have any choice. You know, it's not like the coaches or even the ADs got together and voted all at once. We're going to do this thing, this NIL thing. No, it, they all had jobs and they're in the industry and they're <laughs> either coming out of their playing career or they're in the middle of their coaching career. And they're, you know, it's something they love to do, obviously, because it's a cool thing. And in the middle of it, up pops one state law and then a you know an NIL stuff, a court case or two, a state law follows suit. Now all the state laws follow suit and it's all because of you know judicial decisions. They don't have any choice. And then it opens the floodgates, as Norman said, toothpaste out of the tube. And the coaches and the people they have no choice. They have no choice but to to roll with it. It's like Somebody said, I mean, where you are right now for every school is creatively figure out a way to satisfy these the quote-unquote NIL framework, raise the money to pay the players and get players, or else you get totally run off and left. And that's the situation these coaches and these programs are in. They don't have a choice. <laughs> it's not like they're at fault. They have no choice but to roll with it. And, to, and, and by nature, coaches, those people, they are so competitive and they're, they're so like, you know, crazy like a fox, <laughs> sly like a fox competitive, always have been, that whether they are at a very large school or, the, or at a me medium school or a small school, they all are looking for a way, since this is the reality, let's use it to our advantage. And that's where they all are. All right, let's see where we are. Country pleasing text line. Uh, J Rock, Texas Jones said, I think complete disaster might be an understatement as to where college football is headed, but I'm going to watch it. Signed, Hale State. That's the way a lot of people feel about it. I'm still going to watch. JC, Texas Show said, Matt, who gives more unbiased enforcement of the rules, the NCAA or the U.S. Department of Justice? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? 
Um, Jason, great text there, but I can't see. Yeah, that movie Platoon. The poor are always getting over by the rich. Always have, always will. That's the quote from that movie Platoon. That's a great movie, by the way. Uh, Kellum Consulting texted the show. It says, regarding NIL at this point, it's get on board or get run over. That's Joe Boy. And I, that's it. See, that's what I'm saying. You know, you look at your, your coaches, your programs, your ADs. They have no choice. They are in a position where that is what you texted is exactly right to them. And it's 100% reality. They are at a point where it is get on board or get run over. They have no choice. And by then association, fan bases too. You don't have any choice right now. But to get, it's either get on board or get run over. And, and I think everybody understands that. That's where it is. They do not have a choice but to get in there and roll with it and, and try to make it happen. And maybe it is interim. Maybe things do change. Maybe, as Swarbrick says, within the next year, football and basketball players are employees because of another court case or two. And it does look like, you know, that's what it's pointing to. And then there's another round of change and all that stuff that goes with it. But, um, yeah, in the meantime, they don't have a choice. They just have to do it. And, and because of that, again, you know, you know, maybe it sounds like I'm being hypocritical, but I'm looking at it for what it is, for the reality of what it is, the situation for what it is. And I pointed to this a minute ago, but this is going on a month ago, earlier August the 1st, Jason White, the Speaker Pro Tem, the House of Representatives here in the state of Mississippi, really nice guy. He was reelected in the August elections, likely to be your next Speaker of the House. Sat down, first thing out of his mouth on August the 1st. Good to be with you. Good to be. Hey, you said topics. I got a call this morning from some folks wanting to know about what the state was going to do in the NIL space, if we're going to change any of our laws. Any of our laws. Well, you know what? Other states have. They have. That's right. You've got, well, I can't name them all, but just for example, New York, Missouri. Sure. Okay, and, and I can start right there because now we've got one that's in the SEC footprint that has passed a state law right. that says. Hey, no NCAA people coming in here punishing us for anything. That's right. Which actually gives them a huge advantage if it's going to continue to be the way it is. If it's going to continue to be the Wild Wild West, you're going to see other states. Yeah. Like like a couple of years ago, state Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Southern, and, and, and even um, the SWAC schools, they were all on the same page of, look, we want to be uniform, and let's here's what we want for now. Yeah. And so... You know, those guys aren't going to be able to stay in that gear if all the other states are going to start, sure. you know. I, I so, so listen to that. A couple of years ago, the schools in Mississippi were kind of on the same page about, look, for our state law, here's kind of what we need it to be. It's what it needs to be now. And that's what you have in the, in the state of Mississippi. It's not what Missouri has that says the NCAA cannot come in here and punish. It's not what... Missouri has in saying that high school kids, if they go to an in-state school, can go ahead and start earning money before they even get there. That's not what Missouri has. What Mississippi did, but it was based on what the schools collectively got their heads together and said, this is what we need. Well, his point is, this was August the 1st. He had been on the phone that day, pro tem speaker of the house, with somebody going, hey, we need, are we going to sit down and look at this law? Because Missouri had just passed their deal. What's the result? And 
so you have to discuss it. Now, I, I don't know that there isn't some major drawback to a state like Mississippi if they tried to do exactly what Missouri did. The difference being that Missouri has one power conference school in that whole state, the University of Missouri. There's a lot of other schools, colleges, nothing like this, like the state of Arkansas. They got one big boy. It's Arkansas. Like Louisiana, they got one big boy. It's it's LSU. In Mississippi, you have two schools in a Power Five, 90 miles apart, or both in the SEC, right? They compete. You also have Southern Miss that's in the Sun Belt, that is FBS, right? So you've got a state with less than 3 million people in it, total population, and three FBS schools, two of which are Power 5 SEC. So if you had a law like Missouri has in the state of Mississippi, which emphasizes high school recruits in Mississippi signing with in-state programs because if they do, they can actually begin earning NIL money before they even get to college. All they got to do is sign with in-state school. Does it put a little more strain and a little more pressure on in-state schools to focus on in-state recruiting? And because there's more than one big boy in this state, the recruiting wars would be berserk and would actually, you know, I don't know, hurt the recruiting process overall more so than help it. Do you see what I'm saying? I, all those things have to be considered. Maybe that's why nothing's been done yet or changed yet. But what I am saying is, I think for a little while now, at least a month or more, behind the scenes the conversations are going on, they don't have a choice. Just like you said on the text line, it's get on board or get run over. Hour two coming up. 